What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus for and by queer folks of color. I am money the pooped professor. That's what I'm going to be because I'm freaking tired uh, this week. Uh, midterms are over and oh my goodness. What did I sign up for? It's like, I didn't like midterms when I was in school. And now I'm putting people through midterms. I mean, I like to think that I'm better than what I went through. But, oh my goodness. Why didn't I reconsider this when I decided that I wanted to be a professor? <sighs> okay. Um, And you guessed it. This is another solo episode. My co-host, Nikita, has been uh, held hostage by... The uh, chains of selling her labor for wages. So um, I'm here giving y'all an episode. All right, let's get into the intro. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jiggle a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sister, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. You love. Alright, so. Just in case, I need to say it again. Um, y'all have have y'all checked out Mother Nature's new album called Portals? Well, if you like the intro, you should definitely check out the album. The link to their album is in the description of this episode. So go listen to it. Support Truth and Clever. And the album is good as hell. So go listen. Okay, so I'm going to tell y'all where y'all can find this here podcast in the social media streets. You can find us on IG and Twitter at Queer Walk Pod. You can find us on the Book of Faces, facebook.com slash Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. You can find us on Tumblr, where it all began, at QueerWalk.com. And you can listen on all the major podcast apps except for Spotify, Um, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, and Pocket Cast. So, we're almost everywhere. Now, there are two of us who attempt to curate this space bi-weekly, but you all make it possible, and I'm going to share with you two ways that you can continue to do so. You can contribute to Queer Walk monetarily by giving us your money and you can do that uh one time with no you know minimum or maximum and no commitment at the cash app which is dollar sign queer walk pod pod uh you know just hit us up let us let us know monetarily that you appreciate the efforts that go into creating queer walk if you would like to become a sustainer of the queer walk community Um, And there will be new patron content coming soon. As soon as I get my shit together, exclusive patron content, maybe even video content. 
over on patreon.com slash queerwalkpodpod. Now, the difference between the Cash App and the Patreon is that as a patron, it's just a small monthly donation that it sustains us. Like you, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a committed way to support the podcast. All right, you're thinking, but money, I don't have no money. That's fine. You can contribute to Queer Walk in an equally as important and non-monetary way, which is by loving us out loud. You can rate us on all the things, review us, request a topic or a Queer Walk of the Week, repost the episodes uh, so other folks can know that you're listening, retweet us whenever you see us tweeting, and reply. We want to know what y'all think about the episodes. You can do that by using the hashtag QueerWOC on all platforms to talk all things the podcast or if you would like to personally respond to us you can always slide in the dms or send us an email um submit your curved chronicles which are your dating stories or your dating questions over at queerwalkpod at gmail.com All right, I'm going to move it on along to the Queer Walk, Queer Walk, Queer Walk of the Week segment. And the Queer Walk of the Week segment or the Queer Pock of the Week segment is just where we highlight somebody who is doing all the things, um, moving the culture forward, uh, putting queer folks of color on Front Street in display, and... Someone that we want to give their roses while they're still here. Um, and so we celebrate folks in real time in this segment. And today is no different. So the Queer Walk of the Week this week is Selassie Jemay. Selassie is a Ghanaian film director, writer, cinematographer, photographer, all the things. <laughs> Anything on film, Selassie does it. Um, and okay, so I want to back up a little bit and explain why, um, how I came across Selassie's work and why Selassie's Quirk of the Week. So, okay, so October 26th was Intersex Awareness Day. That was, um, this past Monday, if you're listening, when this episode comes out. And we follow the Intersex Justice Project on Instagram. And so that's how uh, I found out about Shalassi's work because they did a screening of her film. But before I talk about the film and Shalassi more specifically, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Intersex Awareness Day because I don't know if folks really know about that. So let me put you on game. All right. So Intersex Awareness Day has been a commemoration of a protest that happened in 1996. Um, every year since. So back in 96, a really small group of um, intersex activists and organizers um, gathered outside of the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, like annual convention to protest uh, non-elective genital surgery, basically. Um, and because it was a small group, uh, there there wasn't a lot of like a, really attention be, that being paid to the very real um, and important issue that they were raising. So trans act, uh, activists and allies, LGBT activists and allies showed up to support our community, the larger uh, queer umbrella folks. And um, so it became a much bigger fight on that day. And ever since then, on October 26th, we celebrate um, Intersex Awareness Day. Um, so 
that I wanted to give that context because there was a lot more visibility this year. I saw that her did like a, uh, intersex dating, um, round table. And so for folks who this celebration this year might have been more visible or more new, I just wanted to give that background. You know, I always like to let us know where these celebrations come from. They usually always start with riots, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's Intersex Awareness Day. Now, scrolling to Instagram, do 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 the internet, the Intersex Justice Project posted um, a baby girl film, and so I'm like, ooh, what is this? Because you know, I love a good movie, especially a queer one, especially especially a queer black one. So um, that's how I learned about Selassie's work. So, Baby Girl is a short film. Uh, that tells the story of Jessica, a 19-year-old student who kind of has like an emotional breakdown after finding out that she's intersex. But then she meets these two free-spirited uh, homies, Charles and Sally, who are also intersex and realizes that she can basically live a full life as an intersex person um, and find acceptance uh, for, her, for her own identity. So... Um, this sounds like the right up my alley, like the, the queerness, the coming of age, the, uh, you know, black girl magic, all that stuff. And and so finding out that it was also directed by a black girl, I got really excited and wanted to let y'all know about her. So as usual, we do all the things because <laughs> kind of because we have to, but also to get our stories told and Selassie is no different. Um, so she she's a graduate of the motion picture photography program at the National Film and Television Institute in Accra, Ghana. Um, and all of her work explores themes of uh, disability, femininity, and uh, representing queer folks and women, uh, especially around issues that relate to our liberation. In 2014, Selassie won the uh, Faces of NAFTI pageant, which is a pageant uh, where participants are judged on their films, actually. Um, So she won that film award in 2014. And in 2018, uh, she received the Queer University's Film Grant Award, which is a grant that's awarded to uh, documentarians, uh, filmmakers, who are doing work on the themes of gender, disability, and LGBTQ liberation. So, you know, all the lanes, all the things. Um, And on top of that, she's like really swaggy and bad. And uh, I just love that uh, she looks that, you know, cute behind the camera. (laughs) I feel like I resonate with that on some level. Um, And so, like I was saying, the Intersex uh, Justice Project screened Baby girl, I tried to find a link to where we could uh, stream it online. I haven't been able to find it, but keep it on your radar and look out for it because um, similar to the ways that Rafiki was like really hard to find and screen and then it just blew up. Keep baby girl on your radar. I have a feeling that uh, the same thing is going to happen. It's already been screened by the BFI uh, Flair International Film Festival, which is a lot of the independent movies on like Netflix and streaming services are like BFI uh, streamed first. And it's, it's been uh, streamed in the Beijing Queer Film Festival, the Celebrating Womanhood Festival, 
Queer Universities Film Festival in Ghana. So it's, you know, it's already kind of gaining momentum. And so I just know that there's either going to be a Vimeo link or some kind of streaming service that has Baby Girl where we can see it soon. And I'm just so elated at this intersex Black uh, story being brought to us by a Black filmmaker. So shout out again to Selassie. And I'm also going to put a link uh, to her website in the description of this episode and to uh, an article on 26 Ways that allies can support Intersex Awareness Day so we can be on it for next year. All right, I'm going to move it on along to community contributors. Yeah, jazz hands. All right, (laughs) so the community contributors segment is the segment where we shout out y'all for keeping us going over here at Queer Walk and um, sustaining us. So... Today, we have, I have two new patrons to shout out. So, shout out uh, Jordani and Brittany for becoming patrons. Thank you so much. Uh, Don't take money lightly. So, um, really appreciate every coin that you can spare to help us continue to keep the mic on. Also, Dr. Sammy, always, always supported. Just like a part, such a part of the Queer Walk community. Um, hit us off on the cash app trying to get like uh, M. Martinez. So thank you, Sammy. And thank you, Dominique, who literally just hit us up on the, ca- the cash app before I hit record. So thank you, Dominique. I see you. You you came in right under the buzzer. So, okay. I also wanted to read this review that we got from Marimar because Marimar is like a, a throwback listener, like been listening since before I even had a mic to record Queer Walk. When I was just talking into my laptop. So I really appreciate that you still out here giving uh, Queer Walk reviews and ratings. So um, Mari Mar writes, Stumble upon this pod after reading some list. Not sure which one. And I enjoyed the first few episodes I heard. I wrote that three years ago now. This podcast is a critical biweekly wellness space. We get spiritual, mental, occupational, and environmental well-being insights specifically for our Queer Walk community. Thanks, Mari Mar. You know, I do what I can. I do what I can. Keep it coming. Okay, now uh, comes the Borders Are Fake shout-outs. Uh, also, our, like, um, you know, small-town shout-outs, which are not really small towns. They're just places that I either can't pronounce or have never been to. So, <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I don't even know how to say this first city, but y'all were in our top 10 um, cities since the last episode. And so I'm sorry for butchering the name of your city. I think it's Secaucus. Secaucus, New Jersey. Because it's caucus at the end of the word. So I'm just going to say Secaucus. Maybe if I keep saying it, it'll sound right. Okay. (laughs) Um, Thank you anyway, New Jersey. New Jersey is regularly listens and comes up in our top. So thank you for holding us down. Um, McDonough, Georgia. McDonough, Georgia. Hmm. I don't know where that is. It's like Central Georgia. Florida, Georgia line. I don't know. I'll have to look it up after I record. 
And last but not least, Greenbelt, Maryland. So thank you for listening in all those places. We see y'all coming through, um, coming through heavy with the listens in our top 10 cities. Truly, truly appreciate it. Okay, and then I just wanted to give a few other, like, honorable mentions in the community contributors this episode because folks are really consistent and interacting with us, and I see y'all, and I love y'all for it uh, because when I really am tired and it's getting down to the wire, y'all encourage me to keep Queer Walk going. Um, So I wanted to thank Alexandra for always emailing us. Thank you so much for the responses to the episodes via email. I I really appreciate them. And I read them even if I don't get back because woo, woo, the work emails pile up and it's real. So I try to get through those first because, uh, you know, got to get that paycheck. Um, but, but related to that, you put me on to the five sentences or less email because uh, it's in your uh, email signature and this idea that like yeah emails be long as hell and then they pile up and people get overwhelmed by their own inbox I literally have started new email addresses because my email inbox has gotten so out of control so I truly appreciate that like emails should be five sentences or less like you should email somebody something that they can actually read and respond to Um, so thanks Alexandra for also putting me on to that Over on the Instagram side, I wanted to give huge shout outs to Charismatic P and Vanity Curves for just like your your hyping me up on Instagram, your uh, liking and sharing our posts. I, I always see both of y'all um, really interacting with Queer Walk. And when we've been dormant for a while, the gentle nudges are also appreciated. So I just thank the both of y'all so much. All right. So this is my personal favorite segment of Queer Walk, the podcast. And this is the mental moment with money. A segment where Money uses her therapeutic skills, expertise, to regale us with some kind of important tidbit, insight, or knowledge on a wide spectrum of things related to healing, health, and wellness. Wow. It's <clears throat> a lot to live up to. Been around the world tonight, looking for some healing. I don't know when, I don't know where, where to find my psyche, but I know the mental moment with money. She'll help me find it. Wow. Um, I've been around the world. I know this. Oh my. This is Aretha Franklin. <laughs> It's not Aretha. Been around the world and I yet. Oh, that's not Aretha Franklin. Oh my God. Um, we have to be done. <laughs> that's, that's the most humiliating answer you have ever given. <laughs> right? That's not Aretha. No. <laughs> it's a white woman from the UK. <laughs> from the 90s. All right, I thought I would insert a jingle from when Nikita used to do jingles for the Mental Moment segment and a time that I 
really got it wrong of where the inspiration for the jingle came from. And I guess that song is not by Aretha Franklin. So <laughs> um, good thing I know mental health strategies better than I know uh, throwback uh, music. So, you know, I gave us an acronym last episode because it had been a real long time since I gave us an acronym. It's also been a real long time since I hit us with the alliteration. So, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I prepared some alliteration for this mental moment. So, um, I wanted to actually talk about compassion fatigue. Uh, And so, I'm going to explain what compassion fatigue is and give us uh, C's for compassion fatigue, right? So, I don't know about y'all, but there's so much always happening. And especially because Queer Walk is bi-weekly, I just feel like we're always missing covering something but there's just so much all the time y'all that that it's just really hard to find joy and when you're always being presented with the like attack um abuse murders or or just uh sadness depression depression of folks who look like you it's really hard it's really hard and um A lot of times I can't do it. I try to use social media as like my fun place, my happy place. I don't post a lot about what's happening and like current uh, events or goings on. And that's not because I'm not paying attention. I'm, I'm obviously paying attention. I teach about this stuff. I podcast about this stuff. But I just I've really tried to like cultivate um, social media to be my space of of joy of like celebration of my identities and not um not the not rehashing the constant um seeking to like not see me exist of my identities so because of that like i i really sat down and i thought about like what what do i do to be okay when i am showing up um, and, and this made me think a lot about compassion fatigue. So for folks who this might be a new term for, I think for helping professionals, compassion fatigue might be com- like, oh yeah, I know that a lot of nurses, um, first responders, therapists, even, uh, teachers, uh, might know the term, but it's, it's also um, referred to as like vicarious trauma. Um, it's basically like a secondary type of trauma where you show up so much uh, because of being exposed to either people that you relate to or people that you work with or are like helping. Um, you show up so much for them and their suffering that you start to actually experience some of that um, negative impacts of uh, trauma, basically. It's like secondhand trauma. It's different from burnout in the way of like uh, burnout is like an emotional exhaustion, right? It's like a numbing out. It's not really trauma related. Whereas compassion fatigue is like exactly what it sounds like. I have no more pouring out of my heart to give because I feel like I have taken on this trauma of the person that I'm trying to help or my people, right? And I think a lot of folks who listen to this podcast can relate to that because just, I mean, you don't even have to um, be tuned into news. You just like scrolling on your timeline sometimes can be 
a process that gives you compassion fatigue. There's always someone like us or that we're connected to that our heart is open for. Um, and so, so think when you, when you hear burnout, think like the numbing, there's, it's like emotional exhaustion and compassion fatigue is more like, um, I'm taking on secondary trauma responses. So some, some signs of this, uh, you might see, you might see that you're like more exhausted than usual, like physically, like you're tired a lot. Um, the mental exhaustion, not being able to concentrate, um, things like that, decreasing your interactions with others or starting to self-isolate because you feel like you have nothing else to give and a reduced sense that whatever you do matters, like um, that you personally can help. Um, Another thing I'll say about compassion fatigue is that it tends to like happen like Y'all can't see me snapping. It tends to happen like on the spot, right? Whereas burnout is usually like a slow build. Like I done had it. I need to unplug. Compassion fatigue, uh, you can usually feel it because you'll be like every day when you're walking down the street and then suddenly you're bald fist, Arthur, instead of like, hey, what a wonderful kind of day, Arthur, right? (laughs) Um, You just... It's, it's like a, a wall or a blanket has just been thrown up around your compa- your capacity to um, to have empathy and to show up. You're just like, damn, right? It's like a, a, a I hate to use this term, but it's like an arresting of your reaction. Um, so usually compassion fatigue feels like a, a snap, right? It's like right then and uh, burnout is like a slow build. Like you might feel yourself like, hmm. I'm getting kind of tired. Uh, whereas compassion fatigue happens like in the moment. So I do a lot of things as a, a therapist to make sure that I'm not taking on um, like vicarious trauma. And so I thought that I would like put some of these because we all have to do it when we live in the margins and slip through all the cracks there's a lot of things that feel like uh, vicarious trauma or secondary trauma to us. So here are some ways that you can um, prevent from experiencing compassion fatigue. So C's to keep us compassionate, basically. I was thinking about this with like the thing, the thing, the two things most recently that that have made me feel like, damn, does anything I do even help? Like our people ever going to be able to get better when like we live in a society that's so sick is like um the the movement in nigeria and like folks taking to the street to end sars the the globalness of police brutality was one of the things that had me thinking about this mental moment um and also the the just scale of grieving like i talked about last episode just like the level of grieving that we always have to do, um, uh, you know, like just thinking about like what's happening in Philly and I don't know, there's just always stuff. Right. And so I think that's the very real impact of oppression is to make us feel like nothing we do is impactful. And so I wanted to offer this so that we can, we can keep those thoughts at bay. And know that showing up for one another is is the antidote to all this shit. 
So my first C is check your capacity to respond. And um, this goes back to what I was saying about like cultivating my social media space to just be like a, a celebration of identity instead of like a response space. I, don't, I mean, I'm not some person with thousands of followers and huge things. You know, like I don't I don't have to be the one to respond on social media. And um, I think I'm much more impactful when I respond in real life in places where I do have like power and access, like like my classrooms or um, when I'm in organizing groups with folks or in, you know, therapy spaces like that's where my capacity to respond is largest um, because I feel like people are listening more. And so really do like an internal assessment of like, do you have it right now to respond? And if you respond, is it going to come from an emotionally reactive space that's going to drain you? Or can you respond and then be like, I said what I said, drop mic and walk away, right? Because if you can do that, then maybe you have the space to respond and it will be helpful. But if not, just uh, take a deep breath and reroute. Like maybe there's another thing you can do in that moment. Um, that's not that type of response that's going to drain you. So my second C is to clarify the request. And what I mean by this is a lot of times um, when we want to be compassionate, when we want to be empathic and just show up, we just show up, right? We just run like, ah, 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 what we got to do? Um, see what folks want for you to do to feel like you are showing up. Like, what is the ask, right? So is it that people want you to post um, the hashtag? Is it that people need food and so you're dropping off food somewhere? Uh, is it that people need you to hit up somebody's cash app so that they can get money to secure housing? Like, Clarify what the request is before you you run yourself into the dirt trying to show up in the way that you assume folks need you to show up. Um, I'm thinking about like the uh, Tacoma Mutual Aid Collective here and uh, a lot of the stuff that we do around um, houseless folks. And one of the folks from TMAC was sharing that they went out to one of the like uh, encampments where houseless folks are and they showed up with all of these goods in their car and the people were like, um, what are we going to do with that? <laughs> Basically, like we need things that we can like grab and go. And so when you don't clarify the request, you think that you're um, you're like meeting a need, but that need like actually isn't there. Right. So just make sure that you know what it is that folks want you to do to be in solidarity, to show compassion, to help before you uh, run out and run yourself uh, ragged trying to do it. The third C is to consider all the elements of your wellness and where you're giving from, right? So I put a link to episode 58 here because in that episode, I did the seven dimensions of wellness. Um, and these are like the seven elements of our well-being, right? So uh, like physical, mental, emotional, financial. Um, and I did a whole mental moment on this in episode 58. The link to that is in the description. Um, consider where, what part of you are you giving from? If folks want like monetary donations and you don't have no money, 
<laughs> in the in the uh, Bank of America <laughs> account, <laughs> then that's not a way that you can show up. And instead of instead of you know like beating yourself up with all of these like uh, feelings of failing at capitalism for not having um, the money, just think about another area that you are very well in that you can share. So something that I do whenever I don't have the money to contribute to something that folks need money around is I'll just share it because I know that I have friends who might be up who have the five, 10, 20, 25 dollars to uh, commit to that thing. So I'll just be like, I'll post it on my story. I, I just share it because my social well-being is good. <laughs> I'm I'm usually socially well, right? So I'm letting my folks know, hey, this is going on. If you have a chance, like, can you send so-and-so $5? Can you send this person? Can you cash out that person? Um, so yeah, what element of your wellness are you giving from? If you're not socially well, maybe you're not the person who needs to do the like wellness check-in on somebody because maybe you might um, <laughs> end up um, venting or unloading and doing a little more draining than recharging for that person. So just think about where you're giving from and if you're okay in that area to be given from there. And my last C is create your own post-helping recovery. Um, I thought about this because I'm like, oh, what do I do when I like leave a long day in the clinic? I have my whole little routine that I do to recover from showing up emotionally for people. Um, first of all, music is a huge part of creating my post-help uh, recovery. If I don't have that time in the car to drive home or to to walk with my headphones on to listen to music, I can be a little like uh, crabby after seeing clients. And so music is a huge part of returning myself back to my own life. Uh, after that, I always try to eat something good, um, drink something good, talk to somebody who uh, loves me. I have like a whole little ritual I do after long days with clients because that's the times where my compassion is on front street and where I'm showing up uh, as much as I can emotionally. So like, what do you do? What do you need after you show up? Um, I, I'm i also thinking about protests, which, uh, you know, depending on what happens over the next few weeks, uh, folks might be in the streets, um, depending on if, you know, there needs to be ballots recounted and all that stuff. Um, folks might really be in the streets over the next few weeks. So what do you do after a, a rally or a protest or an uprising that you've gone to, to take care of yourself? Um, I mean, this is important anytime, but especially in a global pandemic, that's disproportionately impacting black and indigenous folks. <laughs> like that's us. Um, you, you have to have a way to take care of yourself. Um, is that like coming in and just like not talking for the rest of the night? Maybe you watch some TV. Maybe you take a shower, a real hot shower so you can feel yourself in your body. Um, create a ritual to recover from showing up. So those are my C's for um, staying compassionate. I'm going to run back to them again. The first C is check your capacity to respond. Do you have it? The second C is clarify the request. What is being asked of you? 
The third C is consider all elements of your wellness and where you'll be given from. And last but not least, create your own post-helping recovery strategy. So I hope this helps y'all. Um, I... I, I use it all the time. And, and it's uh, funny, like, the way we build in um, ways to be well. Because I didn't I had to, like, really sit and think about, like, what I do to be okay, to avoid compassion fatigue. And um, this is it. So I hope it helps. And if you find it helpful, let me know. Put it in the hashtag QueerWalk or QueerWalkPod. I know some folks use hashtag QueerWalkPod. Um, yeah, you can add us on all the things and let me know if one of these C's stood out for you or sounds, uh, useful. All right, y'all. So since, um, Nikita is, uh, has been bound and gagged by, (laughs) by the labor force, we don't have a word this week, but if I may, I want to give y'all some podcast recommendations for if you love Nikita's word, you might like these podcasts. So the first one is um, Red Nation podcast. So Nikita actually put me on to this podcast. So I have to, you know, have to like say I didn't know about this if it wasn't for Nikita's word and driving across the country with her. She put me on to it. Um, Red Nation is dedicated to the liberation of indigenous folks from colonialism. And they do this through like a lot of ways. The podcast is just one face of the Red Nation um, efforts. But um, yeah, they do everything from like uh, direct actions, advocacy, um, education. I think they have like a, a blog or like a written component. But I really love the podcast. And um, so I wanted to highlight Red Nation. Y'all check them out. I put a link to their uh, SoundCloud page in the description of this episode. Um, Some of my favorite episodes was the one with No Name. Um, So the host and No Name had like a conversation about Black and Indigenous solidarity and struggles. And recently they did a a land back episode uh, with uh, Nikita Longman, Emily Riddle, and Lindsay Nixon. And it's uh, a really good episode about what the land back movement actually looks like from <laughs> the indigenous organizers who are um, leading it um, and in Canada and in the U.S. And so I don't get a lot of like uh, Canadian updates. And so I thought that that was really great. So y'all should check out the Red Nation podcast. Okay. My second suggestion, if you love Nikita's word, is to check out The Dig. So The Dig is another podcast that's uh, super lefty. They go into basically exactly how it sounds. They go really deep into uh, some social justice something um, and explain it. And so very similar to Nikita's word, you really get a deep, deep understanding of an issue, how it became an issue, and then how we can organize our way out of it. So love the dig, super, super um, recommended. And, um, you know, for those of y'all like me who are still trying to step your Marxist feminist game up, um, it's really accessible. Like you don't have to have read anything prior or or like look up anything uh, to plug into it. It's like, it really makes Marxism um, and radical uh, 
organizing takes on social justice issues accessible. So um, check out The Dig. And last but not least, if you like Nikita's word, you have to check out Delete Your Account. Delete Your Account is, um, how do I even say it? So I don't, I don't know why it has that title, but, um, but it's, it's an anti-capitalist podcast that, um, really helps me understand, um, like propositions, laws that are happening that I need to know about, um, like the, the governmental goings-ons, you know, um, it's hosted by Kumars and Roque, and um, they just, yeah, they just make me feel so uh, with it when I'm, like, bubbling in the bubbles to vote on things because I've heard about them on Delete Your Account. And so, um, most recently, they have an episode called Home Records, and it's about Proposition 21 in uh, California, which is, like, a, a, a statewide rent cap basically, so that rent couldn't be over a certain amount, which is huge in a, um, a state like California where um, some places see astronomical rent prices, right? So so I encourage y'all to check out those three podcasts if you love Nikita's word. And links to all of them will be in the description of this episode. All right, y'all. So on my last solo episode... I did the conspiracies and I, yes, I know y'all weren't feeling them. <laughs> I thought they were fun. I like conspiracy theories. Um, but I thought I would keep it a little bit lighter today. Uh, again, battling exhaustion and also for some joy for y'all. Um, and I, w- I wanted to take it back to the roots, you know, the roots of Queer Walk, which is Tumblr. And so it's kind of like Tumblr culture that these question posts will go around and then people will answer the questions, right? So the questions will have like a theme or maybe sometimes like numbers or colors and somebody will DM you one of those numbers, colors, themes, whatever for you to answer the question. So Queer Walk actually got DM'd the cake questions. And so I'm going to answer the cake questions um, and y'all will get to know me more and just shoot the shit with me. How that sound? Feel good. <laughs> and if y'all want to answer the cake questions, use the hashtag queerwoc and t- and tell me y'all answers. So, uh, chocolate cake. Do you like the rain? Hmm. I feel like I actually have to think about this because I don't like the rain because I love to walk. Like walking is my easiest way to to not think. Like when I'm walking, I'm I'm just so peaceful. I'm just so damn peaceful. But I also love collecting rainwater to make um to make moon water, to make uh, uh rose water, like all my all my um stuff that I have to do that that includes um water. I like to collect rainwater and then like, you know, boil it and do all that stuff to make it. So yeah, I kind of like the rain because sometimes when it goes a long time without raining, I'll be out of moon water and then I can't do, you know, like my witchy shit or like cleanse my crystals and stuff. And 
a bitch got a lot of crystals. And so I, <laughs> I need to be, um, and I love doing grids. And so I'm always using them. So I need the rain to cleanse. And, you know, I, I have more plants now than I ever have, uh, Thanks to, you know, becoming a, a grown-ass woman and a quarantine. So, yeah, I guess it's a mix. I don't like it, but I, but I need it. Red Velvet Cake. What is your favorite food? My favorite food. I don't know if I have a specific favorite food. I have a, a favorite um, genre of food, <laughs> which is seafood. Um, I love all I wanted for my birthday was a, a crab legs. I got that. <laughs> shout, shout out to everybody who sent me money uh, to get crab legs for my birthday, um, especially Stephanie. You uh, hooked me up. I love crawfish, um, shrimp. Like oysters, there's really not a, a seafood that I don't like so and won't eat. So that's my like favorite genre. I can't pick one. I love them all. I really do. Salmon. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just mm, 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 mm. carrot cake. What's your favorite app on your phone? Oh my gosh, y'all. Okay, so. My favorite app on my phone is this silly little game called Two Dots. And it's just a game exactly how it sounds. <laughs> you have to connect two dots of the same color. Um, but if you do more than two dots, it's like bonus points. And if you do a square, it clears all the dots of that color. And I, I don't know. It's just, I, I just really love it. It's one of those like mindless things. I don't need Wi-Fi or service to play it. And so... That's my favorite app on my phone. I use it all the time. Even though I just installed Among Us because I was listening to uh, Bag Ladies and I was like, this sounds fun. I want to I wanna play Among Us. So now I have Among Us. And so if anybody, I don't know how it works. I haven't even started up the app. But if anybody wants to like add me to their team, is that how it works? I sound so old. Um, can I be, can I play? Can I play? Come on, guys. Can I play? A Okay, the next question is coffee cake. Coffee cake, a book that reminds you of your childhood. Um, what is this? A raw roll of thunder, hear my cry? Is that the name of that book? I just, oh my gosh, I've read that book so much in elementary school. And I remember I had this uh, third grade teacher, Miss Minor, who had like a huge, like one of those jumbo oversized copies of Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. And it was basically the size of a poster, and it, but it was the book. And every time I see that book, hear that book, <laughs> hear about that book, I'm just reminded of um, elementary school days and it reminds me of my childhood. Sponge cake, what's your favorite accessory? I think that's pretty obvious. Anybody who knows me, earrings, earrings, earrings. I have way too many earrings. I have like 300 pair of earrings and I'm, I'm still going to buy some earrings if they cute. That's just, uh, cause you know, that's just what I do. I love earrings and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight ear piercings to put them in. So <laughs> I ain't giving up my earrings no time soon. Let's see. 
Marble Cake, what is your favorite time of day? You know what? Night time is the right time. It's the only time. I love being awake when all the world is asleep. Uh, when it's still, when it's quiet. Yeah, I just love nighttime. I I wrote most of my dissertation between the hours of 9 p.m. and 2 a.m. Uh, everybody uh, told me that I would grow out of it, but I really am a night person. I just, my brain fires at night. Uh, <laughs> I get like these bursts of bursts of energy, so I need to dance around my room to get it out in order to go to sleep at night. Um, night is my 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 thing. That's my girl. Hey, night. How you doing? Okay. The next cake question is cupcake. Do you enjoy swimming? I enjoy swimsuits because I look cute as shit, and I enjoy water because you know, love love water. As a um, as an idea, however, semicolon, I can't swim, and uh, <laughs> I would love to learn how to swim. That's something that I promised myself that I would do before I, uh, you know, transition to another realm of being <laughs> and out of this lifetime. I really want to learn how to swim before. That's like on my bucket list. So um, I would enjoy swimming if I knew how, because all the elements of swimming, I'm you know, I'm good with. I I love water. I love looking cute in a swimsuit. You know, I love being under the sun. I love feeling like I can just like um, submit to something bigger than me and that I can just float away. Yeah. So one day when I learn how to swim, I'll come back to that question. Brownie, a band or artist you used to like, but don't anymore. Oh, this is so easy and so funny. It's J. Cole. Y'all, I used to like, I used to fight people over J. Cole. Like, I lost friends over J. Cole. <laughs> like, um, the, the like, mixtape J. Cole, like, back warm up and, like, all of that. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, well, I, I was, like, back then, oh my gosh, I was like, J. Cole is the truth. He one of the greatest rappers of all. I was like one of them. I was one of them. Um, <laughs> um, even, even actually, I wish I could say it stopped after the first out. Al- it, it continued like through his first album. I was huge J Cole fan. Um, I would say right up to, hmm, I feel like I was still a, a huge J Cole fan for Born Center. I would say like right up to. Forest Hills Drive is when I I was like, okay, I'm done. Cause that, cause you know why? Cause it was that that song, no role models, and okay. So what I think happened was like I I was evolving in my like understanding of black feminism, like politically, not just like learning about like oh shit, like I'm black and a woman and queer and like all these women are writing about that, but like the the political the political movement that is black feminism. Like I was growing in that at the same time that he was not. (laughs) And so I, it it just like that song, I, it just ruined the whole album for me. And I just like, couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't move past it. Um, And I was just like, 
How do men get to be called like genius and good at things for so long for doing the bare minimum and never evolving? And so that's where I am on J. Cole, uh, you know, especially after the like the no name diss. You know, I was I was just like, this is why I don't fuck with you no more. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just don't have it. I don't have it in my heart for J. Cole no more. I don't argue with people about Jermaine. Um, I apologize to all the folks that I did argue with in college about <laughs> about J. Cole. Uh, I have since grown and I hope that you can uh, find it, find space in your heart to forgive me, even though I will say. He is a like, like bar for bar a better rapper than them trash fools y'all was trying to present to me. But, however, you know I I recognize that my my feminism, however flawed, <laughs> my, my black feminism would not allow for me to uh to cape for a dude who who wouldn't cape for a black girl like me. So, all right, I'll do one more of the cake questions. Um. Okay, I'll do fruitcake. Um, so fruitcake, what is your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday, oh, this is so hard. But my favorite holiday is Halloween, actually. Um, I just have nothing but the best memories of Halloween as a kid. My mom always went all out for Halloween. Um my grandma's when it came to like trick or treating and it was just it was just like a whole experience i have nothing but amazing memories growing up in queens uh when it was halloween time and i'm really really excited about halloween 2020 and finding creative ways for um coronavirus to not take it from me because i really love uh halloween it's my fave and one of my goals in life is to be the house on the block that gives out the full-size candy. That is like, oh, that's when I know I made it. And you know what? Then maybe I'll level up from there and be the house that gives out the movie-size candy. You know, like the king-size, the oversize. That's you, that's just, it's the simple things, you know? I would just love to be that house on the block, have all the little kids come into my door to get full-size candy and just be stocked up and never run out the whole night. Because, you know. If you run out, then, you know, what's, what's it even all for? But, yes, I would love to be the house that gives out the full-size candy. Um, I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I see that in my near future. So, I'm going I'm to I'm manifest that, that I'm going to be the house on the block for Samhain slash Halloween. Um, I'm going to give out the full-size candy. Oh, okay, so that was that was like more fun than I thought it would be. <laughs> if y'all have a topic that you would like for us to cover here at Queer Walk, um, go ahead and submit it to queerwalkpod at gmail.com. Even if it's just like a question that you want us to talk through, like on the last episode, uh, we would love to do your topic um, and to stop doing the topic segment dirty because um, it really is one of, it's like the most uh, changing uh, segments on the show. So yeah. Submit a topic to queerwalkpot at gmail.com. All right, y'all. I'm going to move us on along into the Curved Chronicles segment. 
Um, the Curve Chronicle segment is where we talk about our dating woes and wins and your dating woes and wins as queer folks of color. And if you have a Curve Chronicle that you would like to share with us, you can submit that either by DMing us or sending it to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. All right. So, I don't, I don't really have any, like, I'm lying. I do have, like, news in the Curve Chronicle uh, department, but I don't want to share it with y'all yet. You know, I just don't want to speak on that yet, you know. Um, but it is a little uh, situation. Uh, <laughs> a big situation, but... um you know, it's like you you speak it on the airwaves and then next episode you have that quiet ass curve chronicle where you're saying something. So, you know, I just don't, I want to, you know, give it some time, let the, let it build, let it solidify uh, before I share with you all. But I do have questions. So, um, there's a lot of Saturdays in quarantine and I'm wondering what y'all are doing uh, for like COVID safe dates. What like what do those look like for y'all? Um, I know walks were like a fave for me uh, through the summer, but now it's getting cold. So how do you winterize COVID safe dates? Like what are y'all doing? Is it like Netflix partying? Um, I've been thinking about uh, Halloween. So. You know, one thing I'm going to do is dress up for Halloween. If I don't do nothing else, even if I'm just sitting in my house (laughs) watching scary movies by myself, I'm going to dress up for Halloween. Last Halloween, I was a unicorn. Um, This Halloween, I'm going to be a cow. You know, so (laughs) um, I probably won't go anywhere. I'm just really nervous about being indoors with a lot of people still. Uh, You know, I fucks with outside stuff, but... Mm, I don't want to be in any enclosed space, uh, breathing and sharing air with folks. How are you balancing risk taking or I should say risk management with being connected? You know, you know, it's like, I just want, I guess I want to know like what this stuff is going to look like getting into month, like (laughs) seven, eight of this when it's getting cold. Um, it's not as easy to do the COVID safe dates where you're like outside or sitting in the park or sitting on somebody's uh, porch. It's going to be really different, but a COVID safe winter activity that I'm also excited to explore are the fantasy dildos. (laughs) I feel like I could (laughs) talk about this, um, now that Nikita's not going to yuck my yum. So I ordered, um, okay, so maybe I should back up. <laughs> oh my gosh. So on, on Queer Walk's, uh, IG for my birthday, we did an IG live and I was talking about, um, like basically the kind of like porn that I watch is all the like, fa- uh, fantasy monster kind of like D and D inspired, um, Porn because I don't like the the humanoid stuff. Like when hu- when humans are involved, I just don't. I don't like. Uh, uh, I don't watch it. Um, and so I was curious. I was like, hmm. I wonder if there's like a a toy market that's kind of catered to us like fantasy lovers. And 
Oh my goodness, is there. First of all, um, I don't know if Bad Dragon has opened back up their orders because they got so flooded <laughs> when um, with the quarantine shutdown that, um, yeah, there's a lot of people ordering from Bad Dragon. And uh, as you can tell from the name, it's like dragon-inspired uh, penetrative toys. Um, but me over here, what money did... Uh, so there's this toy store called the um, Wondering Bard, B-A-R-D, and it's like a fantasy dildo company, but um, it's like a it's like a couple who uh, does this by hand. They pour they pour the uh, silicone so you can get like a custom um, fantasy dildo, right? And so with my first paycheck from my first big girl job. <laughs> I ordered one, y'all. I ordered um a basilisk and I it is so beautiful. Oh my gosh. It is so beautiful. I got it like a iridescent purple, like a deep purple. Um and just the pattern on the like little suction alone. Oh, and another thing I love about fantasy porn and uh dildos, now that I know they exist, is that they don't have um Oh my gosh, y'all. They don't have balls, right? Because when I buy straps, I make sure that they don't have that um, a t little accoutrement on it. Um, and they're, they're, they don't have to be skin or flesh toned, which I also love because I'm, maybe I'm just odd, y'all. But I do not like opening my drawer or my toy box and seeing a flesh toned something. It it actually like freaks me out. It just looks like something has been amputated from somebody and they're missing it and I can't take it. So I like the fantasy colors. I like the the imaginative designs and I just wanted to tell y'all about Wandering Bard because I was just so excited when I got my um basilisk and I did customize mine. I it is so Freaking cute. They have um, different sizes. You can get like a little small one. You can get a big old big girl. It is, y'all, It's I wish it was black owned. It's not black owned um, or POC owned. But um, they are just so cute that I had to let y'all know about it. Because I know that there's at least somebody out there who uh, this will resonate with who's interested in fantasy dildos like me. So, um... <laughs> I wanted to tell y'all about that. And they are taking orders. Um, I don't know if Bad Dragon is back open. And if anybody is interested, I guess I can put the link. I'll put the link in the description of this episode just in case anybody is interested. Um, and and my next uh, adventure, I want to get a Medusa. I, I have been obsessed with like the mythos around Medusa ever since high school. Um, to me, Medusa is a story of a black woman with locks who was, <laughs> you know, sexually assaulted and then um, uh, persecuted for resisting that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've I, I've been dreaming about writing like, um, I guess, Medusa fan fiction ever since high school and I just never have gotten around to it. But they have like this fantasy strap on the wandering bar that, that is called the Medusa that's my next, that's my next big buy. <laughs> that is it, is it. I'm gonna just do some niggerish shit and blow some money on a, a, a dildo because I have to have one of those. So, 
anybody who's interested, I'll put the link to Wandering Bart <laughs> toy, stop, toy Shop in the description to this episode. And on that note, I'm going to uh, bring this to a close. <laughs> so... Uh, you can find me on all the things at Better Than Money. You can find the podcast everywhere at Queer Walk Pod. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to listen. And yeah, this has been Money, the pooped professor, because y'all, I'm tired. And you just listen to Queer Walk the podcast. Make sure to check us out. Um, on future episodes and hit Nikita up and wish her some encouragement. Um, every day she's been hoping that they lay her off and they haven't yet. So hit her up on all the things and tell her that we miss her. All right, y'all. I'm out. Bye.